Lourdes Pinto speaks to the men of the Love Crucified community about living their identity in Christ. It was given on January 5 of 2017. It's an honor for me to, to be with all of you, the men, the beautiful, beautiful men of our Love Crucified community. So um, I thank you for, for having me as a mother of the cross, as a spiritual mother, you know, with you. This is a great joy and an honor for me. I prayed. In fact, I, I did not expect to, to speak to you, but Daniel had asked me, Lourdes, what do you think is something in your heart for the men? And as I began to listen again to the teaching I gave on the pilgrimage on identity, I saw that there was a lot in my heart that I would like to address just to you, with just to the men of our community. So I'd like to, to focus on a few things that were said in, in that teaching. If you have not heard that teaching, or all the, the two teachings in the pilgrimage and the homilies of Father Jordi and one of the homilies of Father Ron, it would be really good for all of you to, to listen to them because you're going to see the graces and what our Blessed Mother was wanting to give our community in Mexico. So I really encourage you as missionaries of the cross to listen. Um, I'd like to begin by focusing again on the first um, scripture passage from that teaching which was from Genesis chapter 3. And the words of Adam, when he replies to God and he says, The woman you put here with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and so I ate it. One of the things I said in that teaching to the community was the question, What was wrong in the heart of Adam? His reaction his disordered tendency was to blame Eve and also God, to blame God because he is the one that placed her in the garden. If we dig deep into the heart of Adam, what do we see? And what I said in that teaching was that his love, the love of Adam, the love of that man was not perfected. He did not fully trust God. But that is the condition of each of our hearts. Your hearts, nor mine, nor any of the mothers of the cross, are perfected yet in love. And none of us fully trust God. Therefore, Adam was not able to live his identity as son of God, spouse of Eve, protector of the garden, and of Eve, because his love was not yet perfected through sacrifice, he disobeys God. Now, one of the gifts that our Blessed Mother of Guadalupe gave us in Mexico was she presented to us two roses, first a red rose and then a white rose. 
And then our Blessed Mother did something unique that I've been pondering ever since I got back from Mexico. And that is, she put both of the roses together, the red and the white, and they became one rose. And for the last two weeks during this time of Christmas, I've been, the Holy Spirit has been moving me to a deeper and deeper understanding of what our Blessed Mother was telling our community of love crucified through those roses. And what she was presenting to us was, I feel, grant, wanting to give us the gift of a greater purity. The white rose represented purity, and the red rose represented suffering, martyrdom. And our Blessed Mother was showing us that they go together. And this is going to be an, a separate teaching I, I plan to give the whole community, but it's important for, for you as the men to understand this too, as I go on to tonight. And that is, our Blessed Mother desires to give us the gift of a pure suffering. And therefore, one, another important thing I said from there in that teaching was that the Lord showed us that he said to us perfect obedience to my will is your response of love to me therefore we need to grow in obedience he also has taught us in this community he has told us and this goes to both the men and the women the Lord has said to us we need to grow in perfecting, in our living out our ordinary hidden life with all its trials, sufferings, and exhaustion with pure love. And so I feel that our Blessed Mother with the White Rose was showing us that she wants us to grow not just in embracing suffering, but suffering with pure love. And that's my focus with all of you today. We also learned in that teaching what our Lord has taught us. Obedience is one of the highest virtues in our spiritual growth. Obedience is the fruit of a great interior transformation. It is the virtue that grows from humility and purity of heart. And it is also the fruit of trust and love. Therefore, in order for us to be able to live our true identities in the will of God, we have to grow in obedience. But in order to do that, we have to, and you all the men, must be willing to go through the transformation that the path brings us through. I'm going to get into more concrete examples with this in a minute. But in the path, in section 5e, we have some words from Pope Benedict. And this has a lot to do with Adam and with each of your hearts and the mothers of the cross hearts. Pope Benedict said to us, and this is concerning the purification of our hearts, growing in pure love. He said to us, in Mark's Gospel, we see 
the radical transformation that Jesus brought to the concept of purity before God. It is not ritual actions that make us pure. Purity and impurity arise within man's heart and depend on the condition of his heart. And then the Pope asked a very beautiful question and answered it for us. He said, how does a heart become pure? And he answers it, faith cleanses the heart. Therefore, we see the condition of the heart of Adam was not fully pure because of his reaction and neither are our hearts. But that is why the Lord tells us constantly in Love Crucified, believe. Believe, my sons, believe. Because faith is essential for the purification of your hearts and my heart. Another important thing I want to focus on with the men tonight is what I said on meekness. The definition I gave and this is what I said. To be meek is not to be a wimp. It is to be filled with the awesome power of the Holy Spirit and to not be defined by earthly power. This is important for you men because without you realizing it, your egos and the egos of the women too want earthly power. It's part of us. It's part of what has to be purified in our hearts. And it's important that you be, as men, attentive to the many ways that you desire earthly power. At work, in your jobs, in your careers. How quickly does that desire can take over and consume our hearts? It goes on to say about meekness, it is to know who you are, where you have come from, and where you are going, as Jesus did. It is to be at home in your own skin and not afflicted with the itching envy of somebody else's life. Do you all at times, beautiful men of love crucified, find yourself desiring what some other men have, whether it be a position, a wife, a girlfriend, um, a great preacher, if it's Father Jordy, Father Ron, a priest, desiring the gifts of maybe another priest, um, you know, do you find yourself wanting what someone else has? That's important because we all do it. But true meekness of heart is where you become in total peace knowing who you are. It is to be free enough inside yourself 
not defined by what you or anybody else owns or does or is. To be meek and short is to be free. So, the Lord has said to us many times, know who you are. I think it was yesterday, we've been reading about John the Baptist in the Gospel this week. And in John chapter 1, the Levites, I think it was in yesterday's Gospel, the Levites and the priests asked John the Baptist, who are you? Now, John is rooted in his true identity. They ask him, are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? And he's able to say, no, I'm not, not any of that. Then, in very clear words, John the Baptist identifies who he is. He says, I am the voice in the desert preparing the way for the Lord. Like in Spanish, we say, punto y aparte. Very clear. John the Baptist is so centered in knowing who he is. If I was to ask each of you, who are you? Daniel, who are you? Jack, who are you? Each of you, Alberto, who are you? Father Jordi, could you, boom, like, I, like that, tell me who you are? Do you know yet who you are? You see, this is really important. He has, John the Baptist, the humility to live his true identity. And because of this, he is able to complete his purpose and mission in life. If we do not know who we are, we will not complete our purpose and mission in life. So what happens when we live a false identity. Let's look at John the Baptist. John the Baptist would have been living competing with the prophet. Like the definition of meekness, not at home in his own skin. He would have been wanting to be someone else. But living his authentic identity he was in complete peace and joy because the scriptures tell us, for my joy is complete. Those are the words of John the Baptist. But not only that, John the Baptist does something incredible as a man. He decreases. It tells us in the scriptures. So Jesus Christ could increase. Now think about this. Here is a man that had a lot of power, a lot of gifts. He had disciples that were following him. But because he never lost track of where he came from, who he is, his purpose in life, and where he's going, he never got sidetracked. So when Jesus Christ enters into his public ministry, John the Baptist does something that very few men would be able to do. John the Baptist steps down. He decreases. 
that now some men can decrease because they're insecure of themselves what John the Baptist does is the opposite he is able to decrease because he's secure in himself because he knows who he is and he's anointed and he is living in the freedom of the Spirit that is what our Blessed Mother wants for each of you and for each of the mothers of the cross now all of us my brothers all of us live in a false identity whether we like it or not it is part of living in the lies that Satan has planted in our wounds with all our fears insecurities and low self-esteem listen carefully my beautiful missionaries of the cross the process of coming to know who we are is the process of transformation none of us are like know right away who we are it is the process therefore I'm going to say something important we first need to enter the knowledge of who we are not in order to discover who we are in Christ this is why the Lord through the process of the path brings us and puts so much attention into coming to know our wounds how our wounds have been infected the lies that have been interwoven into our personality because the Lord wants something much greater than just to heal us of our wounds he wants to give us the immense gift of our authentic identity in him so that we can be free to live who we are glorifying God and fulfilling our mission in life that's fulfillment of life so if you men have not gotten to know your wounds you do not see the lies you've come to believe about yourself it is very difficult to discover who you really are because Satan cannot create anything new he can only take what is and twist it that's why in our path in chapter 4 when we talk about the lies every lie that we discover that Satan has planted in our hearts has a truth so by discovering the lie that we're living by we're actually discovering the truth of who we are so if the men of love crucified do not enter the process of deep transformation through your wounds through the lies suffering with all this with the Lord you will not enter into the freedom of your true identity the Lord taught us that to grow in obedience 
is to grow in attentiveness. And this I'm going to get to some specific examples for you. But in order to be attentive, there's three things that as men you need to have. Our Lord, look at our Lord's life, how he was centered in these three things. And also St. Joseph and all the holy men that have come to live their true identity. And that is silence, prayer, and reflection. And I pose to you men a question tonight. How is your life of silence, reflection, and prayer? How is your life of confession and accompaniment? Are you faithful to confession and accompaniment? Because that's essential to help you do the work of coming to know your false identity so you can discover your true identity. Let me give you an example. By looking at Adam's reaction, we're able to see that there was a, something wrong in his heart. The same thing happens with each of us. By looking at your reactions to suffering, your reactions at home with your spouses, with your children, at work, with a girlfriend, whatever it may be, with the people you live with, you are able to discover what is in your heart that is not pure love. This week, I was speaking to a priest friend of mine, a very dear friend I've had for many years. This priest has been walking our path for now close to four years. And he said something that I thought was so beautiful. He said to me, Lourdes, I realize that I have this desire to shine. I have this desire to want to stand out, to be a really great spiritual director, a healer. But I realize that that desire is still rooted in my ego. The fact that this beautiful priest was so attentive to his heart that he could see this desire is very important because if not he's going to act in the ego. Jesus was on earth a healer, an incredible preacher, a miracle worker, he was eloquent, he had all the gifts, all the wisdom, yet Jesus was grounded in his mission, in who he was as the Messiah. And so all that power, holy power, all that recognition, all those followers never um, sidetracked Jesus from his main mission, which was the cross. That's why he said, his sole wealth and happiness on earth was the cross. And this is very important because as I was looking at my friend 
a man, a priest. I smiled in my heart as a spiritual mother and as a woman because I was thinking, thank God. You see, God is giving him and each one of us in Love Crucified a great gift. And that is first the gift of being perfected in the hidden, ordinary life of becoming a victim. If my friend, this man, would all of a sudden enter great recognition as a priest, become a great preacher, sought-after spiritual director, guess what he's in danger of? He's in danger of going astray. I've seen, and many of you have seen, priests here in Miami, young priests that receive great recognition, and they've gone astray because they weren't rooted in the cross in order to live their true identity. And so what I find that's a great gift to the missionaries of the cross and mothers of the cross is that God permits to root us in a deep, hidden, ordinary way. Because if that is not anchored in us, we can't grow in our true identity and we could easily go astray. Jesus Christ, for 30 years, lives the hidden, ordinary life, lives the martyrdom of the heart. For 30 years, St. Joseph lives it all his life. That is us. I said something in that, in that um, teaching on identity, and I realized listening to it for the third time that I was a little wrong. I focused too much on the mothers of the cross being grounded in the hidden, ordinary life. But it's just as important for the missionaries of the cross and speaking to my priest friend this week, the Lord allowed me to see that clearly. And it's very important for each of you. How are you growing in your hidden, ordinary life, at home, at work, suffering all that God permits in your lives with Him? Let me give you an example. Christmas Eve. I would imagine that maybe many of you had some sufferings on Christmas. I think maybe many in our community did. Christmas Eve was a night of a deep, profound suffering of my heart because so much of my family and extended family, Christmas was not focused on Christ, but on great food great partying, and a lot of alcohol. And Christ was not mentioned. I came home Christmas Eve and I was in tears because I had a profound piercing with a very close family member of mine. And I gave my Lord those tears and that suffering that night. But you know what? Days after that, the Lord showed me something. And this for the gift of the pilgrimage. 
that in my heart, yes, there were the suffering and the sorrows that this family of mine could not embrace fully Christ. But mingled with the sorrows was also resentment, anger, and frustration. And that was a gift of God to allow me to see, to be attentive and honest with myself, to see that that was in my heart. And that's the only way, my brothers, that we can be purified, is to be honest and attentive to really what is happening in our hearts. And I had to ask myself, why? Why am I angry? Why am I frustrated? And the answer is because of my pride. I still want to control his life. But there was also something else that showed me where the resentment comes in. I had a lack of faith in something very important that God has asked me and all of us to believe. That my hidden sorrows that nobody saw that night, and only you know it because I'm sharing it with you for this teaching, those sorrows united to Jesus and Mary are bringing grace to my family. And those sorrows will bring a deep conversion at some point. I, that faith, that belief is not a hundred percent in my heart. I still forget. And so because of that, because I don't have fully that faith, the, the, the love in that suffering is not a hundred percent pure. But how do I grow in that purity? Is by recognizing it, giving it to the Lord, my misery, and saying, my Lord, heal me. And it's the same way for you. How much time do I have? The Lord said, because you're... I asked the Lord a long time ago, my Lord, how do I live this joy with so many sorrows? And he said, because your sorrows are saving souls. Your sorrows in me bring forth new life. God the Father showers grace upon the earth through the sorrows of Mary, which are one in my sorrows. Your joy will be found in your perfect faith in this truth. Look at what the Lord said. My joy, I am going to enter great joy in life when I have perfect faith in that truth. And he said, believe and continue to save souls through your sorrows. Guess what my priest friend told me? He, for Christmas, went to a parish in another country in Europe. And the pastor in that parish during Christmas, hardly ever spoke about Jesus when they were in the rectory. 
the men, the priests talked a lot of politics, all kinds of things. But hardly no conversation of Jesus. And my priest friend felt profound sorrow, not only with this pastor, but also in his community, with his brother priest. And I said, Father, do you understand? This is how you live the victimhood dimension of your priesthood, and it's how each of you have to live it. He was receiving the sorrow. How do you think Jesus feels that it's, it's his birthday, it's Christmas, and how many people are even thinking of him? We have an entire culture that Christmas has become everything except Christ. The Lord is suffering. This priest had to understand that his victimhood dimension of his priesthood, his manhood, was to suffer that sorrow with the Lord, obtaining graces for his brother priest. That's the same victimhood, everyday victimhood, each of you are also called to live. That's the victimhood that many times priests and men in an ordinary day don't understand how to live. Another area of faith. The Lord said, Be filled with my joy in believing that God has found favor with you and he delights in you. I'd like tonight to ask you this question. And I want you to ponder this after tonight. Do you missionaries of the cross believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ has found favor with you and actually delights in you? Do you really believe that? Because this truth is very important to become and live your true identity. When the Lord said that to me, I didn't believe. Why? Because every single day I am confronted with my misery. Just like I showed to you a minute ago. I suffered, but yes, in that suffering was also not pure suffering. There was anger. So I struggle every day. But you know what the Lord taught me? And this is one of the things I feel as a mother of the cross and your spiritual mother, our Blessed Mother wants me to bring to you tonight. The Lord said to me, I have found favor with you and I delight in you, not because you're perfect, Lord, but because you have been faithful to the words I have given you. And I have pondered that. And he's right. I have been faithful. Perfect? No. I struggle every day. But I have been faithful that each time, every single day, I get up. And I say, okay, take my resentment. I don't want that resentment. I messed up. Okay, I'm sorry. I am. I have my accompaniment. I have confession daily. But I have been faithful to the words the Lord has given me, and that's why I'm here sharing them with you. But you know what, my beautiful, beautiful missionaries of the cross? The one thing the Lord wants me to tell you tonight, 
is that he has found favor with each of you and he delights in you because each of you are perfect absolutely not you're all miserable too like I am you all make mistakes you all sin but look at you you're here you're here in the cynical tonight how many men my missionaries of the cross how many men do you know are in a community or even trying to suffer with the Lord how many men do you know are trying and have answered the call to be victim souls how many you are the, the few you have been faithful and the Lord wants you to know that he delights in you and he is so grateful to you and he wants you to believe that with all your hearts if there's anything you want to take from here tonight is that and write it down I have found favor with you I delight in you write it down and read it and ask our Blessed Mother to give you the grace Our Lady of Guadalupe to believe it why am I here because as I was reading something the other day the Lord said to me about the missionaries of the cross in 2012 he said to me bring them into the formation and transformation of the heart you see that's part of my identity as a spiritual mother of this community the Lord has given me the mission and he's asking me to not only form the women but also help the men in their transformation and formation so I come to you because I have received the grace especially in Mexico for a greater zeal to live who I am my identity so that what Christ has asked me to do can be fulfilled in my life and one of the most important missions I have is to bring forth the missionaries of the cross so I'm here and the Lord said in 2012 it is not brilliance that has the power to pierce hearts but love you my family he was speaking to love crucified will form their hearts to know love and be loved in 2012 he said to what the love crucified be steadfast as mothers and missionaries of the cross suffering all with me in my sacrifice of love and you will witness the power of love you missionaries of the cross just as much as the mothers of the cross have been asked by Jesus Christ to suffer everything he permits in your lives with him to be faithful to try to suffer everything and to ask yourselves that Our Lady wants you to receive the white rose of purity when you see like I see in myself 
that there was something, my re when you see your reactions to situations, ask yourselves, why? Why did I get angry? Why was I competing? Why did that bother me so much? Why did I hurt this person that I love so much? Why was, why was I harsh? Why was I in a bad mood? You see, you need to get into the habit, and that's called reflection, pondering. Why? And that's what you have to bring to accompaniment. There's answers to those whys, and that's how you're purified. Just as I had to discover that my faith was not perfect in believing that my sorrows, something so hidden, can transform my family. That why has to become part of your daily lives. That's how you live the red and white rose. Because none of us do everything in perfect love. But that is what our Blessed Mother wants to give us more and more, to grow in perfect love. The last one I want to share with you of your identity is, my missionaries of the cross, the Lord said, are my apostles of light. During this time of great darkness, we're living in a world of darkness. You men are in the workforce. You're in the pit of the darkness. And you are called to be the light of the world because you are called your identity, my missionaries of the cross, is in Jesus crucified. Your identity is in the victimhood dimension and priesthood dimension of Jesus Christ. That is your identity. If you forget that, you're going to be consumed in the darkness you live in. You have to remember that. And how do you live your victimhood dimension in the workforce? By receiving the darkness of so many things you're confronted with on a daily basis. And in your time of prayer and silence and reflection, bringing it to Jesus and suffering the sorrow of it. Andres, you're in the workforce. Juanmi, Jack, Samuel, all of you are in there. What do you see? What are you confronted with on a daily basis? The men, the women that you associate with. Where is Jesus Christ there? What sins, what oppressions do you witness probably on a daily basis? What are you doing with all that that you're confronted with, you see? That's how you live your victimhood. You're called to receive the sin of others, the oppression of others. And in that time of silence, suffer it with the Lord, the sorrow of all those men and women. That is your most important work as victim souls. That hidden martyrdom, 
must become your daily bread, your Eucharist. Before you can even evangelize, even with words, you must begin to evangelize by the most pure act of love, of being able and willing to suffer the sin of your co-workers and oppression of your co-workers with Jesus Christ through a committed daily time of prayer and silence and reflection. From there will blossom your identity. So I will end by reminding you one more time of your identity. Through Ephesians 1, St. Paul said, You are chosen, destined with the purpose of the One, the purpose of Jesus Christ. Your identities as missionaries of the cross is to become love through the path given to you by God. Your identity is in the identity of Christ as a victim of love, priest and victim. You exist to praise and glorify the Father as you live your identity as a victim of love, one with Jesus crucified, the bridegroom, who lays his life down for the bride. That is who you are. So with that, I think I'm done. <laughs> but I'd like to hear from you.